Hey everybody, and welcome to the Spooniepreneur podcast. I'm Nicole Neer, an online business manager living with fibromyalgia and bipolar disorder. On this podcast, I'm going behind the scenes in my business and talking to other Spooniepreneurs to get real about what it looks like to be an entrepreneur living with chronic illness, to inspire you to start the business of your dreams, no matter what life throws your way. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Spooniepreneur podcast. When I was starting this podcast, I had a lot of anxiety about it. And if there was one person who encouraged me more than anyone else, it was today's guest. Today, I'm chatting with my biz bestie, Sarah Molinari, and I am so excited for you to hear our conversation. So here's a little bit about Sarah. After a bike accident in 2013, Sarah suffered a concussion. She managed to finish her master's degree in paintings conservation, which is really impressive, right? But it took her months to feel okay again. What she didn't realize at the time was that this type of recovery wasn't normal, and it meant that she wasn't fully recovered from her concussion. So a year after her accident, Sarah's symptoms started to come back pretty suddenly. She had headaches, she couldn't look at a computer screen, and she was hypersensitive to noise, even though she tried to act normal. And I mean, how many of us can relate to that, right? (laughs) Sarah struggled to finish her training as a paintings conservator, but she did graduate in 2015. But her health just continued to get worse. So eventually, Sarah started treatment in a rehab center, and they taught her how to balance her energy and really importantly, helped her to accept what was going on in her body. But even though she had the support of medical professionals, it was really only when she started her Instagram account that she discovered a world of knowledge about concussion and post-concussion syndrome or persistent concussion symptoms or mild traumatic brain injury. Basically, if you don't know, they're all the same condition. And I have to be honest with you that Sarah is one of the most resilient people that I know, even though she's living with symptoms that are really, really hard to deal with. And even on days when I know she's struggling, Sarah is still really positive and upbeat and has just really a great sense of perspective about it all. I am so thrilled that we made this interview work. Sarah and I live in two very different time zones. Sarah lives in the Netherlands, and I live in the U.S., but I'm so happy that we made this interview happen. And so let's just dive right in. So let's start by just talking about how we met. Yeah. Do you remember when it was? I was trying to think about that this morning. I think it was like a year and a half ago. I think it was somewhere in 2019. Yeah. So at the very beginning of the year, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. A bit more than a year then, yeah. Yeah. I, I had my, I had like a, a post about a, one of the accountability buddy. <laughs> and you reacted. <laughs> I did. And I feel like we very quickly moved past like accountability and just into chatting about life and business. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I never, I, I really didn't have a business yet, so or I still don't really. But. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yeah, but I think I was still in the process of thinking about what I wanted to do with my limited time. Mm-hmm. I think it was around that time that I kind of flirted with the idea of uh, making paintings and commission. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I hadn't started yet. No, I don't think you had. I think you were still trying to get your routine to a place where you could even. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because I also felt a bit, um, when we started chatting, I felt a bit like an imposter, like, um, I don't really have a business yet, but you know, I want to start one. So <laughs> I should have a, have a routine first. Yeah. But I think that that's a really good place for us to start because I think when you're a spoonie and you're, you know, having a business, having a routine is a, like, you have to start there. You have to be able to spend a little bit of time working in your business most days. So what was that process like for you of trying to build that routine? Yes, ex- sorry. Yeah, exactly. It was, I think I um, decided I could uh, spend like four hours mm-hmm. on some activity. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I need, a, I need some routine to, I don't know, make everything easier, I guess. Yeah, I think I started with a morning and evening routine to just have like a kind of a fixed waking up time, right? <laughs> and um, and I think I I still have that actually. I have a few hours in the week planned that I work on certain things, mm-hmm. and I think I really had to um, practice to see what works, what's too much, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think in the last year, I, I changed the routine a few times. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's good to keep it flexible. Yes. Have a routine, but be flexible at the same time. You know, that's perfect uh, balance. Yeah. That's, and I think that sometimes we think that the routine has to look the same, and then we get mad at ourselves when we don't follow that routine the way that we think it should look. Yes. Um, and I certainly know that you and I have both struggled with that. <laughs> Me too. I'm terrible with that. But also because I, I also have ADHD, so I'm a very chaotic person mm-hmm. from, you know, from the inside. And I really learned in my 20s to cope with that, you know, with routines or with planning. Yeah. But now I am just, the planning is really kind of my rock Yes, you're like your foundation. Exactly. Yes. So I I cannot really function without a planning, but sometimes it's not realistic. You know, it doesn't work out. And I get very frustrated when it doesn't work out. So yeah, it's a bit of a struggle to uh to be flexible with that. But I can change the routine again. I'm good at that, but then I want that routine to stick. (laughs) (laughs) But it mostly it works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, yeah, I don't plan any social thing. And otherwise, I don't know, I, I think I wouldn't do the things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 So, and it also gives, a, it also gives a, 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 some peace of mind, I think, you know, once you're, you really need to get used to stuff. And if something is new, it's very hard to start. When you, I don't know, when I plan to do something, I just eventually do it, and then after a few weeks, it gets easier. Yeah, it does. So tell everybody a little bit about your paintings. 
Okay, so I last year I decided I had a few hours in the week, I think like four or something, um, to spend on something to make a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. um, and I was struggling with what I would do. Mm -hmm. I tried, I tried um, like refurbishing uh, furniture. Uh huh. And I had, you know, I had all these ideas. I always have like hundred ideas, and I, but I don't know. I was just not motivated enough to do it, mm -hmm. unless I already had a guarantee that it would work. Right. So if I'm not sure about the outcome, my motivation drops. <laughs> I think that's true for everybody. I don't know. I just there were some people they just you know take a risk and they just mm -hmm. go for it and stuff. I'm not really like that unless I have an intuition that I feel like it would work out. Right. Um, so I think for me, and I think for many people, I needed something that I wanted to do anyway, even if mm -hmm. it's, you know, would not succeed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I talked to a friend and uh, after a while she said, well, well, you can paint. Why don't you make paintings for other people? And I was like, Oh, you, you think I could do that? <laughs> you know, I was so, wow, that would be amazing. I think especially because if, I think it's so cool to do that, then, you know, you get more insecure about it. Right, yeah. Like the more you want something, the more insecure you get about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then something I don't really want, I can do without any problem. And other people <laughs> are, very, are very impressed. So... <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's very ironic, um, but yeah. And then she said, "Well, I, I, I would like a painting of my dog." You know? Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, well, yeah, maybe that's an idea." And then I started to ask, you know, around uh, as my friends. I think you as well. Like, do you think it's a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> people were very positive, so I just thought, okay, well. And then I, I think there was a point I just decided, like, okay, I'm just going to try it. You know. I yeah. threw all my uh, insecurities out of the window. I was at this point that I thought, okay, let's not waste my energy. Yeah. Doubt. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just got a few commissions, especially from friends. Um, and I, 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 I first thought, okay, I can make a, make a painting maybe in four hours. So, and then I, and I asked like 60 euros. Mm -hmm. um, but it turned out it, it takes like 10 or 12 hours now. <laughs> so, and well, yeah, so I raised the price a bit. I made, I think I made eight paintings last year. Was it that nice? Yeah, eight. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm very glad with it. And of course, you know, they've all, you have, then there's like the holidays or a setback. And there's always a few weeks I cannot work. Right. I wanted to make like maybe another like 200 euros a month. So uh -huh. that, that didn't work <laughs> at all. But I really liked it to do it. So I thought, okay, you know, let's just focus on the fun aspect of it. And, but and maybe think, the rehab aspect of it as well. I guess that's what I was going to say is like, I feel like for you, especially work became like a rehab practice. Like it was less about... Yes like the money and more about like the being able to do something. Exactly. Yes. Because it's so, and also, yeah, you can look at the result, like you want to finish something and that's mm -hmm. a result, but it's also a result to yet yeah, 
being able to work that many hours or yeah. you know, being able to focus for an hour or something. Right. So even if the painting took me so much longer, in the meantime, I did do it. Right. So it was a good practice for me and my, <laughs> my brain. <laughs> and one thing that I noticed yeah. is that like at first you would get so excited about a painting that you would just keep going and then you would burn yourself out and then you wouldn't be able to work. And now yeah. I notice that you're a lot better at like prioritizing. I don't even remember that first part. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. So good. Yes, that's, yeah, I think you're right because it's so much fun you know, when you're in the flow, you know, yeah, flow state, especially with something creative. It was like, oh, you know, and I don't know, when I was painting a dog or something, um, like, oh, the tail is almost finished. Oh, the background is yeah. almost finished. You want to finish the next part? And I did always set a timer, but sometimes I just ignored it. <laughs> so the timer went off and I was like, just a little bit louder. And yeah, then I had headaches for a few days. So, yeah, I think I am a bit better with that now. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the year, the, the commissions run out. So... I finally had to start my mar- my marketing yes, <laughs> campaign. Yeah. And I think you really helped me with that. Um, you were so support- supportive in, you know, like, that's a good idea. Tell me what you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just, yeah, I let everyone know I was still for commissions and yeah. posted a bit more on Facebook. I should do a bit more, but I have a few new commissions now, so. Yay. Yeah, another dog, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and a very nice like a ship in the sea. Yeah. Well, I'll put it on my Instagram when it's finished. <laughs> <laughs> but you're also doing something a little bit different. Like you're starting to you're taking the painting commissions, but you're also starting to explore like some digital stuff and. Yeah, when my commissions run out, I thought okay, I should find a second stream of income (laughs) or at least yeah and I actually I already thought about this last year but I forgot again I think Mm -hmm. um and then I yeah I reminded myself that I really like to paint uh, like stuffed animals you know like Mm -hmm. children's yeah um, yeah stuffed animals or like cute things for children um but I noticed that for for a children's room, it's a bit like a painting of 100 euros or more. It's maybe a bit expensive. Right. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I can make more like a, a, an illustration. Right. So I have this, this idea now. I still have to uh, develop it a bit more. Right. Um, to do the same, you know, to make um, illustrations on commission. So, right. you know, a child can, from a child's fluffed animal, so it's very personal. Right. But then I thought, oh, you know, maybe I can also make some illustrations that I can uh, sell to more people, of course. So designing some illustration, maybe customizing it with a name or a date, Mm -hmm. as a birth present or something like that. Yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm still busy with it, but I like it a lot. I think it's it's a lot of fun. It's more digital, but it's also a good exercise for my brain to watch screens a bit more. Yeah. I had a lot of problems with it, but actually it goes pretty well now. Mm-hmm. So um, it's nice to have another project, but I do have a lot of problems with prioritizing because <laughs> I only have, you know, three or four hours in the week. Right. 
and yeah like the last two months or something i didn't really finish anything because i did two separate things mm -hmm. half. so sometimes that's hard to not focus on one thing and i, I, find. I think and i think that that's such an entrepreneur thing because every entrepreneur mm. i know has like five you know, different ideas that they want to do all at one time. And we're all like, what do I start with? How do I do this? Yeah. And it's such a, so it's so dangerous to work. Yeah. On five projects and finish nothing. Right. You need right. some. Right. And it's, <laughs> and then you add like illness on top of it and it makes it so much harder. Yeah. 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 For example, I had to, um, I have this, well, dream is maybe a bit of a big word, but I have an idea to spend uh, like a month in the south of the Netherlands in the summer. Uh -huh. I don't know, it's, it's very beautiful there, more quiet. I thought, oh, maybe that's a good idea to, yeah. So I was thinking about maybe doing a house swap or renting something. So mm -hmm. I, you know, without spending a lot of money on like a vacation home right. or something. Yeah, yeah. For a month or maybe more. So, um, I, I thought, okay, I have to ask you know, people I know from this area or something. I have to email a few people. Mm -hmm. Just writing a good email to you know people you don't really mm -hmm. speak to that that often anymore. Yeah. It takes me. I mean, and one was in English. It's always a bit more work for me. So right. I think it took me like an hour, and then mm -hmm. another hour to do something on Facebook with it. And I was like, yeah, well, there are my my two painting hours are gone. Right. <laughs> And I think I had a headache the other day, so I was like, I couldn't paint for a whole week, and I was so frustrated and actually quite unhappy and sad about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really, for me, it's very important to really prioritize yeah, this yeah. work, but sometimes it just, you spend it on something else. So let's talk about some of the support that you have to be able to do everything that you do. So I know that you did, uh, like a program and now you have an internship. What did that look like? Yes, last year I did a program at the at a foundation for people with uh, brain injuries. Uh -huh. um, and the, the program was especially for well, younger people. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I could still join. Um, to, yeah, to, to go back to work or school mm -hmm. if needed. Um, and that was actually very good for me because I knew I wanted to start something again, but I didn't really know what. It was good to have something going on, you know? Right. And it was maybe like a workshop once a month and there were other people with the same kind of problems. That was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, and I got a job coach. And actually, um, that really helped me to get less insecure about my weaknesses. Yeah. Actually, like I think a year ago, if I had to tell someone, maybe like in a in a job kind of environment, that I, for example, I cannot really do. I'm not very flexible. Right. I just need to know what ha what's happening the next day. Mm -hmm. You know, or and or my memory is very bad. My short term memory. I have to write everything down. Just telling that, saying that out loud, made me cry. Yes. You know, it made me like so scared and vulnerable and I, I don't know, it just, it made me cry and I really didn't like that in a, you know, professional environment. Right. So, you know, 
I, I, I learned that it's okay to, you know, cry in front of friends or maybe, <laughs> or someone like a support person. Right. But in a professional environment, I don't, yeah, I don't like it. So, and now I'm actually at a point that I think, yeah, I'm very bad at, you know, I am not flexible. I don't have a good memory. I cannot, ha- I cannot multitask. I cannot handle stuff last minute. And I'm, I'm pretty fine with it now. Yeah. So that's really helped me. And I think I feel much more secure about, yeah, about my weaknesses. And so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also they helped me too, because I was um, educated yeah. as a paintings conservator. Right. Maybe you tell that in the introduction, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and actually I did in 2017, I did a freelance uh, gig uh-huh. a few hours a week mm-hmm. um, and I thought about maybe trying something like that again but I have to say it makes me a bit frustrated to really work like in that area without being able to build a career yet yes so you know like I think when I can work maybe 10 hours a week or 12 that would be a nice starting point to Mm-hmm. Yeah, really try something again um, because then if there's an opportunity you know someone asks me for another job I can say yes and now I always have to say no and I don't know it just doesn't I'd rather paint my own paintings or <laughs> yeah do, do creative stuff at home but I did uh, uh, wanted to um, maybe dip my toe in the water a bit yeah <laughs> so I'm doing yeah it's a kind of internship it's more yeah, like like getting some experience right. in my rehab, you know. Um, and um, I asked several museums, and um, they were very positive. So right now I'm doing it's only one, an hour a week, and like voluntarily I do right. some chores mm-hmm. for the um, for the studio in the um, Golden Museum, mm-hmm. and that is it's very nice because it's a real place of work yeah you know yeah <laughs> there's like a like a security and I have like my little like a like card. a badge yeah yeah and there's like there's a lot of security of course right in the museum um <laughs> and you know there's like a canteen and stuff right. <laughs> and yeah, people yeah. working there as well yeah it's like this whole thing and then you know it's only 10 minutes or 12 minutes by a uh, bike ride so I can bike there um, and I do some chores which are, you know, pretty easy. But for me, they're very good because I have to concentrate. I have to move around a bit. Um, I can work very independently. So um, I can just, yeah, I, I can finish a pro- little project. Yeah. People are very nice. It's, yeah, I think I really like it. And I also like it that it's not, not all my energy is going there. It's yeah. just a part of it. Right. Um, and the funny thing is that I think I think this is also a very interesting topic to discuss, like the status of having a job. Yeah. And you know, I I posted about this internship. I think on Instagram it got like my most likes ever. Right. <laughs> and on Facebook, where I was a bit, I never posted that much anymore in the last few years. Right. I also got like 
for me a lot of likes. People yeah. are so enthusiastic and you know, they ask me about it all the time. And I find it so interesting because it's voluntary. It's not, you know, right. I don't I don't restore any paintings, I just do chores for them, like right. you know, with paperwork and stuff. Yeah. Um but I think the prestige of such a museum and the fact that it's like a real place of work. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. People are so happy for me. <laughs> and I'm like, no one reacted like this when I went to the gym for the first month, right. you know, or, or when I made my own paintings and sold them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, that's so interesting. And, and, and even because I really worked on like, having my self-worth connected to yeah to career to your job yeah yeah so i like last few years i really worked hard on uh yeah knowing that you know your self-worth has nothing to do with your career right. and stuff and then a very small thing happens and people are like applauding and stuff it's like okay it's too late now <laughs> well, i already I think, know my self-worth without the job <laughs> and i think that it's something that a lot of entrepreneurs deal with is like it's not a quote unquote real job. Like you have been working by doing your paintings and by doing all of this. But when you yeah. like when you go outside of your house and do something, it's like, oh, like it's they see it as progress when you know that progress was building your routine and getting that first commission. Yeah. And and it it just interesting how people see it differently than we see it yeah that's so funny also in your other interview with i think it was rachel mm-hmm. that her family was like whatever you do <laughs> and, stuff. and i think it's funny because i know a lot of countries is different but i know that in the united states but also in the netherlands entrepreneurship is a very it's 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 very in the culture or something right you know? yeah so it's funny that even here um <laughs> People are a bit like, yeah, whatever. What do you do there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but I can do that now. But um, yeah, I think it's hard if you're still very sensitive to it. Mm-hmm. It's very tempting. tempting. I have my Google Translate here. I love it. <laughs> this is, I yeah, I have a lot of brain fog, and even in Dutch, I, I cannot. Sometimes I cannot find the words. Mm-hmm. English is even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it very annoying because this is a word I know, <laughs> but then it's just lost somewhere in my head. And I just yeah. find it. Well, yeah. So um, if you're not that secure or, you know, if you're not that um, or grounded or, you know, it, it's so tempting to make decisions by the status you get. what people think. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's very interesting. I think a lot of students have trouble with this, mm-hmm. like lose, losing identity or, you know, that feeling of who you are and you cannot do your job anymore or not even your job but like your hobby or your Mm -hmm. creative outlet or something and I think that it's what my illness journey has taught me is that um what I see as progress is so different than what other people see as progress because Mm -hmm. I see the little wins that like change my ability to live day to day and they, they're like, oh, you know, what do you mean? Like today you got a shower and that was like a big deal. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, sometimes that is a really big deal. Yeah. So the shower, it's always like, 
it's a spoony word, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, when you're very tired after a shower, you know, you understand. Right? <laughs> and some days it's just not worth the tired. It's just like, oh, no, no. No. Yeah. I, I have this with, uh, sorry, can I digress a bit? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> not really about business i have this with my with like washing my hair of course mm -hmm. i have a lot of hair yeah i don't i don't I, sometimes i wash it like once every three or four weeks right it's fine i have very dry hair it's okay mm -hmm. but you know you need to wash it sometimes just <laughs> to get the dust out <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> my best friend actually uh, once said like oh well then i wouldn't wash it at all anymore if it's not necessary <laughs> i was like well it's like you have a carpet on your head. It gets, <laughs> gets dusty. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, of course. Um, but then last week I discovered that you know your um, it's called your proprioceptus. Yeah, it's like one of your senses, like where <laughs> your body is. It's in space. Yeah. Yeah, and especially your like your arms or legs if they are very mm -hmm. high or weird places. Um, and because of my brain, brain injury, I have trouble processing information. Mm -hmm. So I get overstimulated very mm -hmm. quickly, especially with noise for me, but I also have it with like movement or vestibular problems. So if I move, yeah, if something moves in my, if I see something move, right, you know, I cannot have a conversation at the same time. <laughs> but I discovered I also have it with my proprioceptive. So if I have my hands, above my head uh -huh. and down again a lot oh yeah just oh I, I never knew i just i get very tired and yeah so now i thought oh washing your hair that's exactly what you do so you have like that and the noise of the water and you know yes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's an effort yeah yeah <laughs> for sure no it is <laughs> But it's yeah, it's 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 crazy to find to still after all those years find out that some things actually um yeah, make me fatigued or overstimulated and I didn't even know. So that's very Right. Or there's you know, you feel it, but then somebody says, Oh, there's a reason for that. Here's why and you're like, Oh, I'm not like crazy. Yeah, exactly. And I had it before with um getting something off the ground. Uh-huh. Like, I avoided that. Like, when something fell, I always felt a bit lazy because I didn't want to pick it up. Right. But then I discovered, like, oh, yeah, I get very dizzy when I do that. But I only found out, like, one or two years ago. Yeah. Because I didn't feel dizzy. I just feel, didn't feel well, you know, in general. Yeah, it's very subtle. Right. <laughs> so we keep on learning, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else you want to chat about? Maybe it's fun to talk about the fear of success. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about fear of success. Oh, it's, I don't know. It's such a vague thing. Yeah. But I do feel it sometimes. Like, um, not anymore, actually, but I used to. Like, you have an idea. At first, I think, well, it's a good idea. And then I think, oh, no, probably it won't work. This this business, and I am demotivated, so that's fear of failure. Right. And then it, but then you know, if you think a bit longer, or maybe, then my I'm a, I have too much fantasy. But yeah, then I think, oh, maybe it will work. And then I see like all these obstacles, like oh no, what if it works very well? I have to, you know, 
and then I have to do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I cannot do it because I'm overwhelmed. I just, you know, and then I stop again. So it's it really, it's a very narrow playing field that's yeah, comfortable. You, you want to be successful, but at the same time, you know that success kind of means more energy. And so yeah. sometimes I find myself playing like small in my business, like not taking risks because I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I can do that physically. Don't know yeah. if like I will have the mental energy to do that. And so I think, um, I think that that's something that I definitely struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. And also the responsibility. Yes. Like as if you, if you try something and it works as if you, therefore promised that you yes continue yeah although you don't really have to i can really imagine like if you write a book for example and it's a bestseller mm -hmm. and then i think some writers already fear the like the expectations for a second book before right. they yeah. start their first book yeah <laughs> so yeah but it's yeah it really doesn't work at all it's not useful, I think. And I think it, at some point you just say, okay, I, I will deal with this problem today and whatever happens tomorrow, I will just deal with that tomorrow. Like you can't think too far in the future because yeah. especially when you have chronic illness, like you just don't know what's going to happen. Yes. And also maybe let go a bit of the feeling of responsibility or something. Like yeah. You never put your hand, you know, you never put your signature under some kind of contract. Right. <laughs> you would do it perfectly. Right. <laughs> well, I think, I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier about being honest with people about what you're dealing with. You know, being able to say, yeah. I can do this, but I can't do that. Um, and just kind of letting them know up front that this may look different than what you're expecting just because this is who I am and what I'm dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't tell all your clients, right? I don't. I mean, no, but maybe it's not necessary. Yeah. Well, and, and for some <laughs> situations it is, but like I have a team of people who work with me. So in those yeah. cases, they don't really need to know because they're not really working with me per se. No. But I can imagine if you were very close with someone or if mm -hmm. like a supervisor. Right. It's probably always better to be honest. But I don't know, in my experience, oh, it, like when I, before my brain injury, when I was honest about, like, for example, my ADHD, mm -hmm. the, the response wasn't always so positive. So, right. you know, you, you already feel a bit insecure about it. Everyone else says, of course, you can just tell people. And then right. still there's a problem. Well, and... I think it's interesting yeah. that you say that because I feel like I can tell people about my physical health issues, but then when I, like, I hesitate to tell them that I have bipolar disorder or that I have anxiety yeah. because there's just a whole different set so of true. like expectations in somebody's head, um, that make it hard sometimes. Yes. And also the kind of the atmosphere changes in the room or something, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> like, yeah, if you mention the word depression, I think it's a bit less now, but especially like 10 years ago, when you said the word yeah. depression, like, depression, you know, it's like, <laughs> ah, depression. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, actually, I had the same thing when I got the concussion. Mm -hmm. It was, and still, you know, if I say I have a concussion, 
if I say, for example, sometimes I go to a coffee shop and I ask them to put the music a bit lower. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't at first, but now I, I learned you can just ask. And, right. you know, most of the times they're like, oh, yeah, sure. But if you say I have a concussion, it's like, oh, you have a concussion? Of course, we'll do that. Oh, for you. You know, it's such right. a light thing. Everyone knows it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But if, you, if I would say... Uh, I'm a highly sensitive person. Can you put the <laughs> music down? <laughs> yeah, there would be it would be weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, with the mental things, it's very different. Mm-hmm. I hope that one day, you know, there's a time that everyone is just relaxed about <laughs> all the disabilities. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so. What question have I not asked you that I should have? Maybe any tips because I have a tip. What's your tip? <laughs> but I think I tell this tip every time to everybody. <laughs> so maybe. <laughs> um, all right. My tip is to hire a teenager for local babysitter rates mm-hmm. to do chores for you. And actually, this is not a spoony tip. It's just general tip for everyone yes yeah i have one shout out (laughs) to to sophie i love her she um she does my groceries Mm -hmm. but she also does like chores you know like cutting vegetables and Mm -hmm. taking out the trash and every week is a bit different but i kind of yeah i collect little chores during the week yes and she does them for me, and I'm so happy <laughs> every week when she, when she was here. Yeah, and also things that, so for me, it's like especially things that um, make noise, for example. Mm-hmm. Or once I let her blow up a lot of balloons because the pressure on my, I cannot handle the pressure on my head. But sometimes also like something I really don't like, you know, like putting some uh, papers in a file or something. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it takes some effort to find someone and mm-hmm. get to know them. Yeah. But teenagers are very, I mean, I don't want to be sexist, but especially girls, you know, from like that age. Yeah. They're very responsible, very modest, very, uh, you know, they're not very loud. <laughs> they're very easy. Yeah. No, and I think just having somebody to take care of those things so that you can have the energy to do the things that really matter to you is really important. Exactly. So you save your spoons for things that make you happy or maybe are more meaningful. Yeah. And for me also, because, well, yeah, I live alone, I'm single and I, you know, my, my mom helps me a lot. She lives Mm -hmm. in the same town, but still, you know, it's nice to, to have some help from someone you know, it's a kind of independency. Yeah. In a way, like you, you someone helps you, but you know, I arranged it myself. Right. <laughs> and now I can ask my mom for more difficult things that are not every week instead right. of the easy stuff. Right. So I think because for a while I asked my friends and my family for a lot of help all the time and I, I didn't really mind, but still I was like, it would be better if there's you know, if the structural help is taken care of, do it, everyone. Yeah. (laughs) I I hired a housekeeper, um, a couple of months ago and it changed everything. Like not having to worry about all of that. It was just, it was so. Yeah. And especially when they, I mean, maybe your hour is worth more than you pay them. 
Right. Or even if it's the same, you know, or even if it was less, it's right. worth it. Yeah. It's totally worth it. Sarah, if somebody wants to commission a painting or if they're interested yeah. in seeing what you're doing, how do they contact you? Well, I think the best way is on Instagram. Mm -hmm. My name there is super tired, getting hired. There are some points and stripes in between, but I think, do you think? I'll put it is? in the, I'll put it in the show notes so people. Yeah, can thanks. I, yeah. I used to be, so I started my, actually my Instagram account to um, uh, post about my journey, my recovery uh -huh. journey. Right. So first my name was super, super moon, which means super, super tired. Mm -hmm. um, and I was super, super tired. But then I think like a year ago, I thought, you know, I'm not super, super tired anymore. I'm just super tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in bed all day, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And I thought getting hired because I was in the process of mm -hmm. starting some yeah, new things. Yeah. But yeah, just to contact me. And um, yeah. I will definitely also post my more, uh, like the illustrations mm -hmm. and digital things on there. Yeah. Wow, it was fun. Yes, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Spooniepreneur podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, recommend, rate, and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. To find show notes and to get connected to our community of Spooniepreneurs, go to www.theresilientva.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.